Um, I'm in a place right now where I feel overwhelmed at times. Um, whenever I'm asked to teach, it gives me a, uh, the opportunity to, uh, to check myself. It gives me an opportunity to check myself. And uh, as, as I prepare a lesson, uh, I always uh, check myself and I, I learn something about myself um, as I gather my thoughts. And what I was diving into, you know, reading different scriptures, meditating and, and, and listening to, to other messages, uh, I want peace. I want peace. And uh, what is peace? And when, when we think about peace, um, the idea of what it is to most people and, and uh, Webster's definition is freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Well, my line of work uh, for corporate and also uh, side businesses is not much freedom from disturbance. So when you think that, when I thought that the peace that I wanted was sit quietly in a place beside a sea with no distractions, no interruptions, no conversation, just thoughts, peace, relaxation. That's really not what I was designed to do and, and that's really not what peace is. That's, that's, that's a temporary retreat. That's what that is, because that's not life, okay? So there's a lot of things that can overwhelm us. There's financial things, there's debt, job pressure, relationships, whether it's friends, marriages, um, peers, and there's emotional stress. There's emotional uh, 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 things that overwhelm us as well. We worry, we have insecurities, grief, shame, guilt, anger, resentment, and all those things just lead to a place that, that God didn't put in us and he doesn't want us to be in. So I did some research a little bit on, on, on data on the, the causes of death in the U.S. So 74%, so almost three quarters of all deaths in the U.S. result from 10 different things. And I won't mention all 10, but I'll start with number one and number 10. So number one is heart disease. Number 10 is suicide. So out of those top 10, suicide is one of them. So that interested me a little bit, so I looked more deeper into suicide. And the age range from 10 to 34, suicide is number two. So that's the youth. So I, I go back to when I was 10, I, I, I guess I was, it wasn't that deep. But, but you never know. There's, there, there's, there's mental health diseases that could be a cause of it. Anxiety, worry, and, and now, I guess when I was 10, the, the, it wasn't so in your face of having to be popular and show it to the world. So, we're going to read from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Um, and we're going to look at uh, how to get to a place of peace and overcome obstacles in battle. 
And I, w- I was hit with something even just tonight. So when we force, when, when we're up against pressure, I got job pressures. I'm managing a $170 million project, so everybody in the company want to know what's going on every single day. Folks that even got n- nothing to do with the project want to know what's going on every single day, every single minute, emails at night, I'm building houses. Uh, I, got, I got subs that's not showing up in line and this and that and the third. My wife's at home eight months pregnant, so even coming here tonight, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave the house, and she's just, can you give him a bath? And I'm like, So all that's going on, all that's going on, and I get through it, but leaving out of, the, of my neighborhood, I'm driving here speeding, and I almost hit three deer. So, yeah, I know my neighborhood, dark, but listen, what Satan is doing, I'm getting hit, and I'm trying to manage. I'm getting hit, and I'm trying to manage. And when I'm, when I'm vulnerable, that's when he hits you with something subtle, small, but heavy. All right? So in Second Chronicles chapter 20, we're going to talk about King Jehoshaphat. A little background on Jehoshaphat. Uh, he's the king of Israel. I won't go too far back, but he had just led a reform, kind of a rebirth, bringing, bringing the, the children of uh, Jerusalem and Judah back to God and, and, and really had a great spirit, uh, a wonderful spirit about the, the, the kingdom. And right after that, three nations attacked him. Right after this, this jubilee, this wonderful celebration, everybody's worshiping, everybody's praising, and here come the Moabites, Ammonites, and Minyanites right at the doorstep coming to attack them. Here comes the pressure. They, gang, they all gang up trying to destroy them. So one thing about it, life's going to continue to throw things at us that could distract us from our focus. And Satan's role is to constantly attempt to steal, kill, and destroy your purpose, your promise, and your peace. So don't turn to this, but 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us to be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is, a, this is a statement in the Bible telling us it's going to happen. All right? It's going to happen. John 16, I've told you these things so that in me, this is Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. The battle's won. Things going to come at you. All right? Everybody believe that? All right, we got it out of the way. Cool. Stuff's going to happen. But it's the renewal of our minds, as Pastor Keith always, always ingrains, and it's the renewal of our minds that our mindset should immediately trigger God when things are thrown at us. Immediately. So we have to change the way we approach life. And these five steps to peace under pressure, we'll read, we'll start with verse 3 in chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles. Alarmed, this Jehoshaphat just received the news that, he, that the nation's going to be uh, under attack. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat 
resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. So the first thing that we should do in any situation, if it's, if it's big enough or small enough to worry about, to be concerned about, to have anxiety about, the first thing that we should do is pray. Pray. Very first thing. Um, I appreciate a conversation I had with, with, with Brother Sutton the other day. He helped me put some things in perspective. Uh, I have been in, this is lately, probably the last three, four months, I've been trying to fix stuff myself. Myself. Waking up 4.30 in the morning, running to grab materials, go to a house, do stuff, change clothes, go to work, get off work, and do stuff. I've just been running myself ragged. Running myself ragged. Running myself ragged. I talked to God, you know, I hit him on the side every night, but I didn't, I didn't just focus like, okay, God, all right, things coming at me, I need your help. Just that simple. God's waiting on us to do that. But until we do it, he's going to, we're going to keep digging. We're going to keep digging. So I started planning first. That's the mistake. That's what we should not do. We go to God, we pray. That's when I did, I was telling God, I got it. I got it. Things coming in five different directions from 20 different people, but I got it. So, verses 6 through 9, same chapter. This is after Jehoshaphat prayed. This is after Jehoshaphat got the entire community to come together and fast and pray and worship and said this is what Josephat said uh, in the midst of everyone Lord the God of our ancestors are you not the God who is in heaven tried him huh you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you that's acknowledging God's power verse 7 our God did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend they have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name saying if calamity comes upon us whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us number two the second step remind you reminding God of his strength and power and reminding yourself of your weakness that, that you need God that we all need God so when you remind yourself and remind God of his strength what he's done what he's brought you through whatever that situation is your focus is turned to God and not the problem bigger God is the smaller the problem so recall the things God has done and recite God's promises when you worry when you worry that's a sign that you don't know God's promises. We jump down to verse 12. 
Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Third step, admit inability. Don't try to fix it. Don't move. Don't try to plan. Don't start calling folks and getting advice from others. Admit your personal inability to get out of whatever situation you're in. And that's what they did. They told God they have no power. You think God don't know this already? But you got to admit to yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to be out there running ragged. A good, a good example I found, if you're on an airplane, airplane's in the air. You're flying. You're trying to fly yourself. You sit on the airplane, you're just flapping your arms. You're just flapping your arms. You're just flapping your arms. Say you got a five-hour flight to the West Coast. You're just flapping. 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 You know how tired you're going to be? Y'all laughing, but it's a situation. God's the plane. You can't help. Nothing you can do, nothing that you can do can help. You're wasting your energy. You're exhausting yourself. Plane still flying. God ain't going. He, he ain't going nowhere. So you got this feeling of powerless, powerlessness. It's okay. Admit it. It's almost like being in quicksand. You don't try to go to it. No one, no one tries to get in these situations. No one runs to these stressful situations. No one, no one uh, asks for these situations where you're full of anxiety and don't know where the next dollar's coming from. Don't know how you're gonna keep your lights on. Don't know how you're gonna eat. Don't know how you're gonna, gonna talk in front of these people. Don't know all these situations. No one runs to them, right? But with quicksand, you stumble upon it, and then you just sink. And then what do you do? If you fight, you die. So we go to uh, verses 14 through 17. So then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Madaniah, a Levite. So we're talking about the priest. A Levite and descendant of Asaph as he stood in the assembly. And through him, the spirit talked. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord God says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeru. You will not have to fight this battle, 
take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. That's step number four. So we've prayed, we've reminded ourselves, we've admitted inability, and now we listen. Still no action. So yes, they had to, yes, they had to go out. Yes, they had to march, but not fight. Don't move. Stand still. Don't worry. Don't flap your arms. Do not flap your arms. So early in the morning, this is verse 20, early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Josephat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out ahead of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So, the fifth step is believe. Have faith. Have faith in God. So we're Christians. We've already confessed with our mind, been baptized, received the Holy Spirit. When we worry, when we worry, we're not acting like Christians. We're acting like the Antichrist. Did you confess that, 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 that God is God and Jesus is the Son and the Holy Spirit is within us? Why are we worrying? And I say this to y'all because this, this is how I talk to myself when I had to check myself. So, the children of Jerusalem, they had enough faith. They had enough faith to put themselves in a vulnerable position. They're one kingdom and three are attacking them. They're outnumbered tremendously. They had enough faith. They listened to the man of God. They listened to the Levite. They listened to the man of God. Follow God's instructions. That's faith. You taking that step. You showing God you got faith in what he's telling you to do. You believing in God's promises. We show God, we take the step to show God that we believe God going to take care of us. We try to fault solve stuff and fix it ourselves. It ain't pretty. And the children of Jerusalem didn't. Because in my mind, what I think they would have done is ran. They would have flee. But God didn't tell them to run. Stand still. You won't even have to fight. 
Just go out and show up and watch. That's all we got to do is do what we need to do, and that's it. Because if we try to outdo what we need to do, we're going to screw it up. The children of Israel said they, they gave thanksgiving, they gave praise and thanks to God before the Moabites and Ammonites even started destroying the other kingdom. That's giving thanks to God in advance. See, when you give thanks to God in advance, that's faith. When you give thanks to God after the fact, that's gratitude. So in closing, we believers all have a peace within us. Okay? We, get, we, we have a peace within us. The Holy Spirit is within us. God, God left us. Jesus left this, left this earth and left us peace. We have peace within us. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Our mindset must immediately adjust and recognize this chaos where we need to recognize where chaos, calamity is coming from in the midst of these storms. 1 Corinthians 14, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. My favorite scripture in the Bible, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God have not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but gives us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. That self-discipline is key. That self-discipline is key. That self-discipline keeps us from flapping on the airplane. That self-discipline keeps us from trying things and trying things and trying things. Not even the same thing, trying different things. But just keep trying. It don't work. That self-discipline is following these five steps to get peace in the midst of the storm. That self-discipline is going to God first on every single situation, uh, uh, um, um, idea every, central, every, every uh, single action that you got to take or you think you need to take go to God first and ask him so these five steps pray remind inability listen and believe peace under pressure alright that's it